Today's episode of Let's Talk is sponsored by Reform Theological Seminary's online learning program, RTS Global. Stick around to learn more. Welcome to episode six of season two of Let's Talk, a podcast for women from the Gospel Coalition Podcast Network, where we seek to apply biblical wisdom to everyday life. I am Jackie Hill Perry, and I am here with the illustrious Jasmine Holmes and the amazing Melissa Kruger. So far, we've talked about our spiritual heroes. We've talked about holiness. We've talked about anxiety. We've talked about people-pleasing. We've talked about being judgmental. If you missed any of these episodes, we hope you'll go back and listen. But today, we're going to talk about prayer. Yeah. Right, Melissa? That's right. Why, why are you whispering? I don't know. I just feel like that's the respectful way to enter into prayerful a conversation about prayer even though i grew up in a church context where prayer was loud <laughs> lord we thank you we bless you call upon you. it just was a loud situation which i still love well that's actually a really good question what was your first prayer that you remember praying Girl. Do you have any thoughts? Do you remember back that far? We talked about this last season. We I did. remember my first prayer, which was, um, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take, which mm. Amen. terrified children all across the country who yeah. prayed that I don't, prayer. It didn't scare me, so I don't relate mm. to that. Got it. <clears throat> uh-huh. Yeah, my, my mother, she told me that uh, when I was like five, I came to her and told her that I guess the cable was off, that I had asked God to bring back the cable so that I could watch Nickelodeon. And so she felt so bad that she got the cable turned back on. And so, so your prayers were answered. Yeah, technically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that did for my faith, but it worked. I, it I worked. wanted some Nickelodeon and God provided it. <laughs> so prayer is so easy to do in mm -hmm. one sense but it's so hard to do in another sense mm -hmm. why is it so hard to still ourselves and sit down and do the hard work of prayer uh, lots of reasons so that, many. that are like I, I guess there's two main umbrellas that can fall under our flesh makes it hard um and also the enemy doesn't want us to pray nope doesn't want us to be connected to God in that way. Doesn't want us to be aligning our will to his will. Um, we can't always blame it on the enemy. Sometimes it's just good old-fashioned flesh. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think that both of those are the main things that could be at play. Yeah, isn't it amazing when you sit down to pray and all of a sudden you remember everything that mm -hmm. you hadn't remembered oh, all day. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I need to text that person back and I need to do this. Mm -hmm. and, oh, I need to put the laundry in the dryer from earlier today yeah. it's just like just sitting everything seems to come back and mm -hmm. fight against yeah still which may um and not to be an excuse at all but i think that we're just really bad at practicing mindfulness in general like stilling ourselves taking a deep breath and not having distractions in our mind whether it's just to pray or to have a moment of silence is really hard mm -hmm. for us in this day and age I don't know how hard it was before you could just pick up your phone or we had cars, planes, trains, and automobiles. I don't know. But I do know that my mind is likely to be distracted like anytime. Like if, if I'm going to sit down and try to grade papers, if I'm going to mm -hmm. sit down and try, or even if I just am trying to go to sleep, mm -hmm. there's always something else I could be thinking about yeah. doing. 
And I've just wondered how limited our vision of God is, you know, um, because I think Jesus, who knew God perfectly, <laughs> like he was very, very prayerful, yet you would assume him to be someone who was self-sufficient. But I think his vision and faith and understanding of God was so clear and so perfected that it led him to pray at all times, you know. And so I just always wonder if like, man, if I if I saw God as he is, you know, not just by faith, but literally saw him as he is high and lifted up, training the road, filling the temple, God, I would become so much more aware of how mm -hmm. like jacked up I am and how needy I am and how unholy I am and how yeah. much I like, no, I, I should be talking to you. Yeah. Almost mm -hmm. like what we're talking about with Isaiah. <laughs> yeah. He saw God and he was like, oh, whoa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> it's yeah I, I just I just wonder about that yeah it, seeing God immediately actually made him know how helpless he was mm -hmm. yeah he may have gone into that throne room thinking I'm okay mm -hmm, I'm good and I'm then, a prophet yeah and I then, got all the words then you realize oh I can't do anything mm -hmm. I can't even promise that my heart will be beating in 10 minutes mm -hmm. yeah I mean really I'm in control of nothing yeah and so all of us you know would hold to the belief from scripture that we serve a sovereign God who's mm -hmm. reigning over all things. So this always leads to a question. If God's going to do what God's going to do, why do we pray? Right. Why, why are we even supposed to do this? I'm getting to hard theological You are questions. like right away. I know. Sorry. I'm not Tony Evans because he answers that real well. Oh, I've been thinking a lot about this from, so I just finished reading Exodus a, a few weeks ago and in Exodus 32, Moses is on Sinai receiving the law, and the Israelites are down below him making a golden calf. Having a potty. Just like throwing all their gold in the fire. And we already talked about this. I know. But just like literally like walk through the Red Sea, be provided for by God, have a man who talks directly to God, and then he leaves for a couple days, and you're like, I need a calf. Like, I need something <laughs> to worship. So... God, his wrath burns hot against the Israelites, and he's like, I'm gonna destroy, like, I'm gonna destroy them, I'm gonna wipe them off the face of the earth. And Moses intercedes for the Israelites and basically reminds God of all of the promises that God made to the people of Israel. And then in I think in the ESV it says, and then God changed his mind. And whenever I read that, I was like, that's scary. Mm. I don't want a God who can change his mind. Like on the one hand, it's like, it's great because prayer intercession, like, you know, in, in my human mind, like maybe it can twist God's arm and make him do things he wasn't going to do. But then I don't want a God whose arm can be twisted and who can do things he wasn't going to do. And I don't want a God who changes his mind because he could change his mind about me. Hmm. But looking at that picture with, with Moses and God and seeing God as this, divine choreographer who knows that we need a solid image of intercession and a solid image of the power of intercession setting this up and setting himself up to show grace to the Israelites after Moses's intercession is a really powerful image because God had made all these promises and Moses knew them, reminded God of them, in reminding God of them, reminded himself of them, and outcomes shifted. And that's amazing. It's amazing to think about. And so I think prayer is less about changing God's mind and more about aligning our minds 
to the promises that God has already made. You preached that. That's really good. Look at you. Have you been to seminary or something? staying in the morning. <laughs> Look at you, Jasmine Holmes. <laughs> That's it. That's all I have for the rest of the day. I know. I do think there is it's, it's this inner interesting mystery mm-hmm. it's a mystery mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think that's what what we say but we're commanded to do it yeah so there's some sense which god somehow uses in his sovereignty in his sovereign will he uses the prayers of the saints mm-hmm. to direct outcomes mm-hmm. that yes he had sovereignly planned before the creation of the world but he's somehow using them in this divine interplay and yeah. it does matter and just because i don't understand that doesn't mean it's not true. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons for me as a Christian. Just because I can't understand something, how does the how do how does my human freedom interplay with God's sovereignty? Mm-hmm. Those are two things that the Bible seems to put forth very clearly that both are true. You know, I have real agency as a person and real responsibility for my actions. Right. But God is somehow reigning over all of those things. So so much so that, you know, I think it's the Belgic Confession says a hair can't fall from my head without the divine appointment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of God. So yep. these two things are happening, and they are a mystery, and this is why I'm not God. Mm-hmm. So I obey even when I don't always understand. Yeah. I don't know how God uses my prayers, right. but I know he uses them. And yeah. that's, that's a huge point. Just we, He said to pray, so we pray. Yeah. <laughs> it's really great that he gives us understanding. That's wonderful. But also he said to do it, so we need to do it. And I find that looking at it, and again, you know, I have legalistic tendencies, so sometimes that can be my answer to everything. Like, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get it done. (laughs) But he does give us the means to pray. He, again, um, 1 Corinthians 7, again, I know. But literally, our minds are being exchanged for the mind of Christ, and Mm. prayer is a huge part of that exchange, and staying steeped in the word and staying steeped in prayer and staying steeped in communication with God is a major way that our minds are being transformed to echo his very mind, to mm-hmm. echo his very thoughts. And we have a savior who intercedes for us when our words just mm-hmm. aren't enough. I just I just love the idea of how prayer reveals how personal God is. Um, I remember sitting in like this like apologetic thing like 10 years ago and this guy was talking about how he had uh converted from islam to christianity and he said one of the means that god used to i guess draw him to jesus was that he was listening to a christian pray and how the christian had called god father Mm. and started to you know talk about his needs and his anxieties and praise and it was just personal and not scripted when muslim the muslim faith it's scripted you don't go off (laughs) you don't be calling allah father like Mm -hmm. he's too high he's too lofty uh for you to be so intimate with him and that appealed to him that the christian god was a relational god and so that's what i think about often when i think about prayers like oh man uh, you you want us to talk to you mm-hmm. there's there some kings human kings that people don't even have access to right. in that way to be able to have personal conversation and that, I, that's cool yeah for sure <laughs> he made the universe and he's like talk to me what and and that actually leads to a good i think a good thing to wrestle through it some people we talked about distraction keeping us from prayer prayer we talked about busyness keeping us from prayer just the inability to sit quietly but sometimes i think fear keeps people from prayer oh absolutely you know they 
I don't know if you've ever had a season in your life when you're like, I know I'm in sin and I don't want to pray mm-hmm. because God's going to do something mm-hmm. if I go to him and pray. I don't know. Have, do you ever wrestle with not wanting to pray because you know God might have things to say to you during that prayer time? Yeah, like maybe even not wanting to go to the word at all because that's like a it's a huge foundation of prayer to be steeped in the word, to have the words to say, to pray. And I do find in certain seasons, I'm like, I'm just feeling really low. And I know that if I open that Bible, it's going to tell me to do stuff and feel stuff. And I don't want to feel it. So yeah. I'm just not going to do it. Yeah, I definitely had those feelings uh, earlier in my Christian walk um, because I felt so inconsistent. You know, I felt like I failed God often you know i was the one hiding behind the tree we mm-hmm. were afraid of you and we knew you would come um but i think i had to get it in my mind that god is a judge god is lord god is master but he is the only one who truly has everything that i need including peace including mm-hmm. forgiveness mm-hmm. including restoration and so uh i think that's propelled me and pushed me to say i, I If I really truly fear you and revere you in the right way, I need to come to you with everything, Mm -hmm. including my failures, Mm -hmm. you know, and he never meets us in the way that our minds might presume he would, you know, he always is kind of there like. I sent my son to die for you. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not ready with a gavel to judge you. Your sins have already been judged in Christ. You're free now. And he knew him before you said him. Yeah. Like, it's not like he's sitting up there not seeing them. Yeah, he is so aware. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, and, and he's saying to us, I have the power to help you fight. You don't have to get yourself kind of all ready to come to me. Like, actually come to me, even in your sin. Mm -hmm. Like, I can help you fight that. Yeah. He he says, come to his throne of grace, throne of grace. Mm with boldness like you you have access to this thing and i want you to come confidently Mm -hmm. because of what jesus did for you that if that ain't the invitation we all want shoot come to this throne of grace with boldness he sent us an evite Mm -hmm. via text Uh, my husband is is a professor at rts and so some students are really intimidated to go into not his throne room but his office <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they come in i mean i had one friend who she told me she practiced before she went in because she felt really nervous so she was like i went to a friend and i i told her the question i was going to ask she practiced i know i was like he's not that intimidating i promise but she, this is how she felt as a student you know so she went in she survived to tell the tale but then that same week I thought about it my kids and I this is when they were younger we came in to his office now my kids did not knock quietly on the door they boldly opened the door Mm -hmm. they ran in the room Mm -hmm. they're sitting in his spinny chair spinning around they're taking his robe off the thing and putting it on they're laying on the couch yeah I mean they're running around the office yeah and I was like and my husband was not sitting there saying, how dare you? Yeah. You know, he's like, oh, these are my children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come in. Mm-hmm. Come in and play. You know, the office is actually a place for you to be. You're, you're my children mm-hmm. here. Whereas when you're the student, you're fearful of the president's office or whatever. Yeah. But I think we often view God's throne room as that distant. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm the slave, mm-hmm. not the son. Yeah. You know, versus no boldly approach yeah. i can come in i love that you know 
with and know that he delights so that's the image i keep in my head like he wants me to come and i think that goes back to my question of our vision of god Mm -hmm. and how it uh you know governs how we pray because i think if you look at the scriptures and you look at all of the examples of people praying before god there was a humility yet a freedom Mm -hmm. that they express whether it's hannah whether it's david whether it's hezekiah whether it's jesus whether it's paul whether it's the early church like i think looking at how they approached god helps us to know that we can approach him too so that's a great question how has looking at prayer in scripture changed how you pray yeah, I mean, because mm-hmm. the one I started out with wasn't necessarily a scriptural prayer. Right. You don't find that anywhere. But even like the Lord's Prayer, mm-hmm. I mean, there are so many. It's interesting how many prayers are actually recorded in the Bible. A lot of them. A lot. Yeah, I mean, like Paul's constantly mm-hmm. talking about, you know, I pray these things for you. I've always been struck by the prayer in the Philipp- in, to the Philippians when, you know, Paul is sitting in jail, and what he doesn't pray is, I pray that you never have these chains like I right. do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead, he's saying, you know, I pray that your love may abound more and more in depth of knowledge and insight so that mm-hmm. you may be able to discern what is best. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's yeah. a totally different prayer it than is. often what I pray. You know, I pray, oh, let my kids have a safe drive to school. Mm-hmm. And it's not that we can't pray those things. Those mm-hmm. are good things to pray. But I need to be praying the bigger things, too. I think scripture pushes me to pray bigger. Oh, yeah. I pray for these small things, mm-hmm. and it's good. I want them to make it school okay, but I really want their love to abound more and more mm-hmm. knowledge and depth of insight mm-hmm. so they'll be able to approve what is best. Mm-hmm. That's that's the bigger one. I don't know if any prayers really have impacted you. Um, Don Whitney has a book called Praying the Psalms, and I um, read it for the first time as a teenager, and it really helped me because it's all, like the way that it's set up is there are 150 psalms, so every day you have five psalms to choose from, to pray from. And by the time you get to the end of the month, you will have read all the Psalms and you will have prayed through 30 of them. So, and then you can just, you know, repeat it. So it just became part of my everyday devotional. Um, And it really helped me to see the, like, there's so many different kinds of prayers and so many different ways that the Psalmist comes to the Lord. But in all of them, there is this centralization of God and his glory and his like even in the psalms where david is talking about how low he is and how he's being pursued and how the, the stakes are just so high it always turns to i know you're going to keep your promises because you're a good god i know that you're going to do this because you're you're full of glory i know that you can't let these evil men stand stand because of who you are and through praying the psalms I just realized that prayer is so much about who God is and so much about reminding myself who God is in the midst of whatever I'm going through. So as cliche as it sounds, the Psalms have been really pivotal in my understanding of prayer. Mm. I think um, how I've most been shaped is probably seeing the honesty uh, that people give to God while praying, whether that's Hannah, you know, saying you know i am i am vexed and i am afflicted and Mm -hmm. if you please look upon uh your servant and give to your servant a son 
Um, if it's uh, Lamentations 3 and the way they talk about how they feel that God is treating them um, in the midst of their suffering, if it's Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, like, please, if you just if you just want to, God, can you let this cup pass? Um, I, I, it, I have a lot of issues and I have a lot of trials and I have a lot of internal things that I don't even feel the freedom to tell anybody my husband my friends I just I just don't feel like it but to see and to know that I can be honest with God that really has freed me up to experience joy um, in the midst of sorrow in ways I don't think I would have if I kept all of that contained within myself and to know that God is just there and he's with me and he's the only one with the ability and the power um, to be able to alleviate my suffering or give me the endurance to endure through it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'd pay a lot of attention to that. Like, how are they talking to God? Are they being, because I don't want to be guarded with God, you know? And I, I think a lot of people are and can be, and I think we all go through those seasons, mm-hmm. but what is it about God that I'm not believing that makes me feel as if I have to project another image to the one who sees past and through all of that, you know? I want freedom. I I think about that. I don't know if you see that in your own prayer life. I write out my prayers a lot of the Mm -hmm. time so that I can see it. Mm -hmm. I come and I dump. Yeah. You know, I get it all out and I just, this person is frustrating me. I'm so frustrated with my husband or whatever it might be, you know, and I just am writing it. And it's like the getting out, getting it out to someone. Yeah. It's like then I start talking to myself. I don't know who said that. It's it matters what we're saying to ourselves mm-hmm. in our brain. You know, it's this whole notion of it's like the spirit comes along and reminds us of the truth. Yeah. And say, yeah, you just gave me all this. Now mm-hmm. ask me to do something yes. about mm-hmm. it. And so it's this beautiful picture of oh I can bring you all my junk Mm -hmm. because you know I'm not saying it rightly and Mm -hmm. if I was not saying it rightly to you two Mm -hmm. it could be gossip it could just you know it it might not help you I mean it might change how you view someone else which Mm -hmm. isn't helpful but I could say everything to the Lord and it's not gossip Mm -hmm. he's like my one friend that I can be like let me pour all this out to Mm -hmm. you let me tell you all my angst or all my struggle and then somehow the spirit works yeah. through that yeah. to just transition and give peace. I mean, I've really seen this happen. Yeah. I can't always explain it. Hey, Let's Talk listeners. My name is Melissa Kruger, and I'm so excited to share with you about our sponsor for this season, um, Reformed Theological Seminary. I have loved being a part of the community there for the past 20 years with my husband, Mike Kruger. He's the president at RTS Charlotte, and we love getting to be part of all that's going on there. Um, they have a lot of different degree programs. Jackie, you're going to be a student sure in am. the spring. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us anything about the degree programs? Well, you know, RTS offers uh, three Master's of Arts degree programs, and they are available 100% online. These degrees are perfect, I think, for anyone uh, who wants to just pursue full-time vocational ministry, interested in PhD work, the real smart people, or enhancing any of their gifts through theological education. Jasmine, your husband's also at RTS. He is. He's the vice president of communications at RTS. And a cool fact about us is that we met at an RTS-sponsored booth at the Gospel Coalition Conference. So you can find love at RTS? You can find love at RTS in TGC. (laughs) If you would like to 
join the online degree program, which granted is probably less of a chance to find <laughs> love there. You can study at your own pace, attend virtual classes, and you have regular interactions with your professors and teachers' assistants. Overall, you can just study in a way that suits you best. And if you want to find out more about the RTS uh, Global Degree Program, you can go to rts.edu forward slash online. How do you two pray? Like, do you pray out loud? Do you pray on your knees? Do you sit down and pray? I mean, how, how, what is it actually like in your life? It depends on the season, honestly. Um, last year, we were on tour, and so we had a tour bus. And I, I was praying like I was like a real, like, saved Christian <laughs> all the time. <laughs> But that was because I had a lot of time to myself. You know, you, you have a bunk with a curtain. I didn't have my children with me. I didn't have Preston with me. He was in the bunk below me. And so I could just pray undistracted, you know. Um, and so when I, when I was praying that way, and I was reading Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer, which helps. And so I was getting on my face and on my knees. And I think that posture already kind of set me up to communicate differently and to see God differently. Uh, now, the season I'm in, I can't even move barely because mm-hmm. I have a child on my uterus <laughs> or in my uterus and on my pelvic floor. And so <laughs> like, if I bow down, I might not get up. <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of my prayers are on the go or in the shower, mm-hmm. to be honest, uh, because those are the places where it seems the most quiet. Yeah, those are mine. My, my places, too. I, I um, have a running dialogue with God. I'll just find myself like being in a quiet moment. And then all of a sudden I'm just talking to him. Like I'm just sitting there thinking about something. And I'm I like, like, you know that. what? Let's just talk about this because it's really on my mind and being a person who struggles with anxiety, I have found that having a habit of just consistently talking to God and saying, you know what, I feel, I feel my heart is beating really fast and I don't really know why I'm worried right now, but you know, and so please help. Um, I don't really have a formal, like get down by the side of the bed and, you know, fold I've my hands. I've always admired people that do. Mm-hmm. Cause I have friends that like my friend Ito Han, I remember one of the first times we went out of town together. I had, I woke up at like 4 a.m. And I just see this like dark shadow on the floor. And I'm like, what is going on? And it's like this girl done got up at 4 a.m. after an event to pray. But that wasn't the only time because we became roommates. And I saw that was her pattern. I would get up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom and she would be on the floor praying i was like is this because she's nigerian you know nigerians are real spiritual they are I was like, I was like, is this what's this? but that's her <laughs> lifestyle and i've always wow. wanted to be like that but i'm just not i love yeah. that i do think there's something about the posture mm-hmm. it, it focuses me for mm-hmm. that you know if i if i get on my knees mm-hmm. you know and say it, it just keeps me praying yeah. my mind doesn't wander as much or something when i shut mm-hmm. everything out and kind of just put my head down yeah i don't do that enough I don't, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I, I mean, normally I'm with pen and paper, mm-hmm. but I, um, I don't know if you all know the podcast Risen Motherhood. Right mm-hmm. now, they've been doing a series with called Kitchen Sink Prayers, and I like the image, but you can print up a little prayer to put by your kitchen sink, and it's kind of like what you were saying. Mm-hmm. I think what I need to grow in is praying all throughout the day more, like that praying without cease, ceasing, mm-hmm. keeping the conversation going. Like sometimes I'm like, okay, God, we had our time together. Yeah. Close the journal, 
I'm done. That was my prayer time. Rather than just kind of like all through the day when something comes to mind saying, dear Lord, um, will you work in that situation? Will you help my friend with cancer? And just continually praying through the day. Mm -hmm. I need to do that better. And I think that's what it sounds like yours is more like throughout the day. I also, um, Philip and I try to make a habit of like, when we get good news, I come find him Mm. and we're going to pray. We're going to thank God for the good news because I had found a lot of, a lot of times, again, as somebody who struggles with anxiety and depression, I can get into cycles of just like, he doesn't care about me. Woe is me. I'm just at the bottom of this pit. And so every single time, like if it's a, if it's a book contract, if Phil gets a contract for his um, side business, if something, if he, a meeting goes well at RTS, we just find each other and we're going to pray about it and we're going to thank God for it. Cause like we asked him for it and he did it. So we need to acknowledge that and remind ourselves in that acknowledgement. It's not as though God is like, well, you didn't say thank you. So I'm not going to do it again, but it's just a, a, chance for us to say god we are acknowledging that we asked you for this and you answered which is interesting uh i just uh looked up first thessalonians 5 16 through 18 and how uh prayer without ceasing is kind of couched in rejoice always Mm -hmm. give thanks in all circumstances and how i guess just continual prayerfulness does lead to a thankful heart Mm mm-hmm you know and to be thankful you have to be mindful to a certain degree you know because i I told y'all the other day i was like i don't think i've thanked god enough for this baby Mm. i've been so aware of how difficult Mm -hmm. the pregnancy is that i haven't been thankful for the life that is is here and that is coming um but thankfulness is is huge even in romans one one of the 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 fruits of idolaters is that they don't thank god for being god Mm -hmm. um and so that's i think that's cool how you're like you praying without ceasing is also connected to you thanking god without ceasing yeah it reminds me of the um who did jesus heal y'all a lot of people brain when they ran that he healed he healed them and then they ran away but one came back to thank him the lepers. Oh. The lepers. Yes. The lepers. And so the rest of them were like going to the temple to make, you know. They were clean. Yeah, they were like, we're clean. We're going to the temple. And the one ran back to him. Mm. And it's almost like he understood, like, the whole point of that temple was to point us to you. Oh, So why here. am I going to go to the temple? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, like, it's you now. Mm-hmm. It's such a cool story, even though I couldn't remember what he healed but you, you got I was the like, heart were they blind no <laughs> but there was a thankful one in there but there was a thankful one in bleeding. there but the leper comes back because he understands that he doesn't need to go to the temple anymore because christ has come down from heaven and condescended to be in the be in the flesh and to heal the flesh of this leper which is just so cool i have a question one uh i think continual frustration that uh, Christians and especially even non-Christians, I think, uh, deal with is the what they would call unanswered prayer, and I put that in quotations because mm-hmm. I believe every a no is an answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but how have y'all dealt with praying and seeking and interceding, and interceding, interceding about something, and just feeling as if God hasn't responded? I remember when I had my second miscarriage, as soon as I, as soon as I saw the positive pregnancy test, I just prayed every single day, please protect this baby, please protect this baby. And I had my miscarriage and the answer was was no. Mm. And that's hard. It was really hard because it was like, but I asked you, 
Yeah. And I don't I don't think that I'll know why he said no mm-hmm. until I get to heaven. Um it's hard. It's hard. I think a few things. I'm grateful for a God who understands that that's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as though I was grieving and he was far off and not understanding. I remember the whole time that I was pregnant with that baby, I ended up naming the baby John because I was reading John at the time and thinking about the fragility of the word becoming flesh and dwelling among us. And as a mother who has experienced miscarriage, but even any mother who's experienced infertility or destroyed the, the, the baby, it's such a small little baby and we can't hold and we can't protect. We really have to just trust God to sustain that little life. And the God of the universe condescended to become that little fragile life, which blows my mind and was something that I didn't really reflect on until my miscarriage. And so even in, and please hear me, I'm not saying that God took my baby so that I could but I, I don't know why. Well, I'll talk to him when I get there. But a side effect was that I did understand um, deeper, more deeply the fragility of life and the fragility of the life that Christ took on mm. for me. Yeah. And I think sometimes when God says no or wait, sometimes mm-hmm. it's wait, um, he's teaching us something else. Yeah. And so prayer keeps our hearts open and tender to that something else that Mm. he may be ready to teach us. Mm. I don't think I can learn long suffering in prayer Mm. without the wait sometimes. Sometimes it's a no, like you know it's a no. I mean, and that's a really hard thing. You know, if you've miscarried or if you didn't get into the college program you were hoping to get into. Yeah, I mean, or if the person you thought you wanted to marry, marry someone else. You know, it's just a no. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes... And we, ha- I think that's where we have to pray mm-hmm. in faith and with belief that his no's are always a providential yes to something else. Mm, that's good. So, you know, we may not get what we want, but that's when I'm like, but you know better. Mm-hmm. I think the older I get, the more I'm like, I don't know what's best, Lord. Yeah. I don't know where my kids should go to school because, mm-hmm. you know, now I'm thinking through it that way. And I'm like, well, they might meet who they're going to marry there. Mm-hmm. I don't know which place is best. Yeah. You know, and I just want the mm-hmm. Lord to orchestrate because I get I can't orchestrate things anymore. And so I think there is this bigger sense to me of I don't understand. I mean, and some knows even in this past year for me have been extremely painful. I'm extremely painful but I'm I'm at a different place where I actually believe differently that the Lord must have good in it because this is the God who, when his own son said, father, if this, pa- if this cup can pass from me, mm-hmm. let it. And he said, no. Yeah. But why did he say no for me? Yeah. So if this God who gave his son for me, mm-hmm. surely won't he give me all, all the other things that are good for my soul to prosper. Yeah. So I think it's the more I reflect on, God, God told Jesus no. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's not a lack of love. It's not a lack of, yeah, so I'm not his wrong. child. It wasn't wrong for Jesus to ask. Yeah. That's a good reminder too. Yeah. Of like, sometimes it just feels, I don't know, it feels too weighty to ask for. And it's like, it is weighty. And he might say no. Yeah. But it wasn't wrong for Jesus to say, I mean, and Jesus knew everything that was writing on his death. Mm. But he asked. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever find yourself 
tired of asking. Like, I, th- I think there can be that bitterness that comes in. Maybe you've prayed for someone to be a Christian mm. in your family for year after Absolutely. year after year, and you just say, it's not working. Yeah. And how can we kind of fight the tendency to be like, well, I'm just not going to pray about that anymore. Mm-hmm. Or another way maybe to even say that is when have you seen the perseverance in prayer maybe be answered a long season after you were praying those prayers. So sometimes we get tired of it. We think, you know, I've been praying this so long, I'm just going to give up. But, you know, sometimes we keep praying. And then we see the Lord in ways that are completely unexpected years later answer something. I don't know if you've ever had situations like that. Yeah, there was there was a situation and and it's still an active thing um, in my life that causes a lot of frustration and pain um, and difficulty between uh, me and my husband in particular. And when we first got married, we prayed. And I, I don't know why we have this expectation that to pray means that God must answer immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that was an expectation that I had that I didn't know I had. And so in year one, year two, year three, year four, year five, year six, it's like, okay, I'm actually starting to believe that you're ignoring me. And I knew that that wasn't, because I, I, I tend not to, I try my best to hope the best of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I started to get to that point, I had to tell the Lord, like, I'm, I'm starting to think, like, you just, you just not hearing me. <laughs> you know, you're not listening to me. But then I, I started to process through how, how different is our relationship? Are, are we closer? Are we godlier? Are we more uh, flexible when it comes to suffering and difficulty? Is our wisdom more precise and accurate for other married couples? And I saw, oh, that's what you're doing. Like you, you really do care way more about my sanctification than you do about my comfort. And so I think what's happening is you're not answering when I want you to answer because you're trying to get gold out of us. Mm -hmm. And so I've definitely seen how the perseverance of prayer um, has just made me a godlier person. And it's it's actually helped me to just be more willing to know that God knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. I've seen that in marriage too. Yeah, I'm like, amen, amen, Mm -hmm. amen. Our husband gets a lot of our prayers, right? Yes, (laughs) yes. One thing that what you were just saying, Jackie, reminds me of is the, I think it was the persistent widow. Mm -hmm. um, When she keeps going back to the person asking for bread and you knocking on the door and kind of bugging the person. And finally this person's like, here you go, just so you'll stop. And it's, it's basically, no, no, but that man was annoyed Mm. and gave it your father actually loves you and so he says if any of you you know if you're asking for fish he's gonna he's not gonna give you a stone god must have a good reason Mm. yeah he must be developing something else in us if it's a no Mm. because he delights he delights and and Mm -hmm. i think I'll, i'll say this i will say this being a parent has taught me i'd rather say yes to my kids Mm -hmm. i would rather do that most of the time and when i say no it's typically for their good yeah you know it's because i don't want them to get hurt i you know i see things they can't see Mm -hmm. and so the nice thing about the lord is he sees things we can't see um but the nice thing too is he says keep asking Mm -hmm. keep pursuing and i think for all of us we can keep praying and knowing that he actually hears our prayers and acts and so 
That's an amazing privilege. Yeah. And I don't take I don't take advantage of it enough. I, I like this favorites for this one because we've been talking about being able to go into the throne room of God and talk to him. So now this question for our favorite things is um, if you got to go to dinner with one living celebrity or famous person or leader, who would you choose? Even that question gives me anxiety. Really? Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to talk. I just want to watch and listen. So that can it be like a group thing? Yeah. Where I'm we can go with you. The, yeah, I'm sitting thing. in the corner with my hand on my chin. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Shimamanda Ngozi Adichie would be mine. Say that again. Shimamanda Ngozi an Adichie. She's an author, speaker. speaker, feminist thinker. And I feel like even if I talked to her and disagreed with her, it would still be a really fruitful and good conversation because I respect her. And she seems like the kind of person who might respect me, mm, even though good. we're different. Yeah. And that, I love that. That's nice. That's good. Yeah. Or Lynn manuel Miranda, because oh, then I'd just be like, sing to me. <laughs> and like, tell me how you thought about all these songs. I know. That's just, <laughs> that's a good one. Ooh. Mm. I'm a cheat. They were, uh, the person is not alive, um, but Toni Morrison. That's a good one. Yeah, because that's the only person I could think of that I would care <laughs> to sit down with mm-hmm. because I want to sit down with someone that I admire and I think the way her brain works mm-hmm. and the way she used words, mm-hmm. um, I would just be so, yeah, I, I just wouldn't even ask questions, just talk. Yeah. That's all I would want. Yeah, that's good. That is really, I, I like the word thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mine, and this would have been true even before the miniseries, is Queen Elizabeth. Mm. I read a biography about her years ago, and I remember thinking to myself, wow, she has been doing this a long for a time. long time. Yeah. She has seen the world change. Mm-hmm. And she was there in it for all of it. Yep. You know, she had a front row seat. She was, she's talked to dignitaries all around the world her whole life. Like, that's what she's done. It's so different than a president who was in four years and then yeah. out or whatever. Mm, that's true. And so I just think, and yet she's a woman mm. and she's done it with a lot of grace, I think, and a, and really amazing work, work ethic. Mm. And so I just think she'd be fascinating to talk mm. to. I'd be intimidated. I wouldn't know how to bow correctly, but she'd be fascinating to talk to. I would just be like, so are you like the crown? Is it accurate or no? (laughs) That's all for this episode of Let's Talk. Next week, we're going to be talking about spiritual gifts. Sounds spiritual. So please uh, tune in. You can subscribe to Let's Talk through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Check out other shows from the Gospel Coalition Podcast Network at tgc.org forward slash podcast. The Gospel Coalition supports the church in making disciples of all nations by providing resources that are trusted and timely, winsome and wise, and centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. (laughs) 